Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Don Marsh. There are thousands of veterans attending America's colleges and universities preparing for new lives after their service. We're coming up on Student Veterans Week. Five area universities, Umsel, Fontbon, Lindenwood, SLU, Webster, and Wash U, are collaborating on the event. Joining me in studio are retired Army Colonel Jim Craig. He chairs the Department of Military and Veteran Studies at UMSL. Angie Peacock is an Army veteran and graduate student at Washington University working on a master's degree in social work, and she is an officer in the WashU Student Veterans Association. Emily Staden is also an Army vet, a biology and biochemistry double major, and president of the UMSL Student Veteran Association. Emily, I don't know how you, have, how you have time to be with us today, but, but thank you for being here. Thank you all for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Jim, if I can start with you. We've all been reading and hearing about PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder. You've been writing about post-traumatic growth. What is that? I have. Uh, so post-traumatic growth is actually an, uh, an older idea, but it, seems to, it just doesn't seem to get the traction that post-traumatic stress disorder gets. And it's this idea that you can become better because of your experiences, even when those experiences were difficult uh, and stressful uh, and maybe even traumatic. Right. And uh, so I did. I wrote a, a couple months ago an article about post-traumatic growth, about what I felt like was my post-traumatic growth, as well as the student veterans that I deal with on uh, UMSL's campus and then across the St. Louis area. Uh, and just the amazing things that they're doing uh, I would say not in spite of their experiences, but maybe propelled by their experiences. Uh, and the the two students we have with us today are perfect examples of uh, people who are really excelling, uh, who have had service experiences that uh, sometimes are not fantastic, um, but are, are really moving forward in the world. Emily, what's your take on post-traumatic growth? Um, well, I think that in the military, you experience not always the the best experience, but you, you can always have hardships um, that challenge you. And when you come out, you're challenged as well to grow. Mm-hmm. And it's what you do with that growth. What, what, what kinds of challenging experiences did you uh, undergo? Well, as a female <clears throat> in the science uh, field, you know, there's a lot of male counterparts, and I'm challenged to basically grow. And... I guess I'm challenged to reach above or at least try to meet that expectation. Um, And the Army helped me with that. Um, We can talk more about that in a moment. But, uh, Angela, let me turn to you and get your take on all of this. Well, I think it definitely propels me. The challenges that I faced in the Army – just to be quick, I had a, I was sexually assaulted, and then I went to combat. And then when I came home, my transition was very rough. Um, I had an addiction to opiates. So um, I'm not the norm. My story is my story. Mm-hmm. It's not what norm, you know, a lot of women go through. But um, that is because of those experiences, I had to, like, reach deep down and heal from that and get a new community and there's nothing that brings me more joy than to see other veterans, like, the light go back on their in their eyes and for them to, like, find a new community and for them to ex- succeed and graduate from college and to, to serve their community the same way they were serving while they're in service. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jim, back to you with regard to what you see as, as a supervisor and an instructor. What, what do you see in the students, and particularly in the female students? So um, <clears throat> let me just do a, kind of a little bit in the background and the data. The, 
the military is about 14% women, mm-hmm. but our student veterans are about 25, mm-hmm. sometimes up to 27% women. So f- female vets are going to college at a rate almost double their, uh, their representation in service, right? And then female vets in college are succeeding at rates that are equivalent or better than their female counterparts. And we know now women are doing fantastic in college. I mean, UMSL is 59% women, and they're graduating at greater rates. The, the female vets are, are matching that. So w- what I see on our campus is women vets finding a home. Often it's not in the vet center, but we'd like it to be. But that's okay, right? It's okay if their home is in the biology department because that means they're moving forward, not moving backwards. Um, Emily's a great example. Emily stood stood up and said, I will lead the Student Veterans Association uh, after men for the last seven years have led the Student Veterans Association. And we now have a program that's St. Louis-wide, seven dif- I'm sorry, five different universities. Uh, we, we decided, they decided to share what each of them does best and then come together. This is something that women do fantastically. And uh, so, you know, I, I couldn't be more proud of them. And uh, gosh, it's story's really not about me mm-hmm. and my experience. It's about them. So I want to defer a little more and allow them to talk. Well, let, let's do that. And uh, Emily, we'll come back to you with regard to what experience have, have you had uh, coming out of the service that is different from men, do you think? Um, well, as a female, uh, you're pushed to uh, excel. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know because I'm not a male, so I can't uh-huh. really speak to that. But I know that as a female, I'm always looked to represent or um, – and and especially being president of the SVA at UMSL or Student Veterans Association at UMSL, I, I know that having uh, male um, predecessors before me um, – I, what I really wanted to do was show that I can definitely lead the same or better, um, not because I wanted to show them up, but simply because I want to lead it in a positive direction from here. You feel like you're being compared to the male predecessors? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I think that everybody feels that way to some degree, but um, definitely yes. And Angie, how about your experiences? How do they differ, do you think, from men following your service? Well, I think um, there was an article I was reading the other day, and it was talking about um, when women are in service, they become hyper-visible to where, like, everything we do is scrutinized. So for me, I don't know about you, but for me it was um, I had to work twice as hard just to get half the respect. And often I was called names because of that mm-hmm. that I won't say. But um, yeah. but then when we leave service, we kind of become un- invisible. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, I have license plates on my car that say I was a, a veteran, but people assume, like, tell your husband thank you for his service uh-huh. and you're like no wait I don't, I'm not married yeah. it's it's my service you know so then you kind of fly under the radar a little bit when you get home so same as Emily I've been in the student veterans organization for probably six years at WashU and I've always taken like a back back because that's where I'm comfortable like just kind of hide out in the background do what I got to do but this year I knew that like this is my last year at WashU I want to step up and do what I should have been doing probably years ago mm-hmm. but um yeah to just kind of lead and and be like, it's not because I'm a female, it's because I'm a good leader. Mm. And, and that's what, you know, that's what I want my, my lasting impact to be. How did the, 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 your time in the service prepare you for this, this kind of leadership? 
I think I'm really good at paying attention to details <laughs> and like everything yeah. is like my brain is like a super organized machine. Like this event needs these many things and this is the person that's going to do it. And like, I'm an excellent project manager basically, but I learned that from service and you know, I think I, I can be a little high strung, a little like work too much. Don't know when to turn the phone off, mm-hmm. but um, those things help me when I need them. But you know, I, I have a lot of skills that I gained from the army that I would never have gotten probably if I would have stayed local. Emily, the same question to you. I agree with Angie completely. I think that um, I can be a little OCD, and the Army only uh, magnified that for me. Um, and uh, You only have a double major, major for crying out loud. What do you mean, <laughs> OCD? <know. laughs> um, and, and, I mean, with the Student Veterans Association, I mean, I, what I want to do is I want to make sure that it's giving the attention that it's it's deserving. So whenever I was elected president, I... I wanted to make sure that it was given 100%, and so that's what I do. And, I mean, last last week, I think it was, we were at the um, – uh, in uh, I think it was Jeff City. Yeah, Missouri Legislative Day for, for UM system. Mm-hmm. And right now what we're doing is Student Veterans Association Week, and what I want to do is I want to get networking with the rest of the Student Veterans Association in the UM system, mm-hmm. and I want to build networking – with those groups because they, they want to network. And so, and I think that our group deserves that. I think we, we should build relationships. So, and, and, you know, I, I just want to get bigger and bigger. And I know that may be unfeasible right now, but it's feasible in the future. So. Jim, we've talked about the, this sort of thing in the past, and that is the qualities that the veterans bring back to civilian life are often underappreciated, often by employers who don't realize what, a, 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 what diamonds and gems they have here because of their military training. Yeah, I think that is starting to change. I mean, employment for student, veteran, student employment for veterans, the latest set of employment numbers came out just last week, and vets are actually more employed than their civilian counterparts right now. The issue has started to become vets don't stay in their jobs uh, for longer. You know, the average veteran will leave within a year of their first job. And so that means we think, one, either they made a bad choice to start, uh, or two, uh, there's not a lot of opportunities in there for them to connect well to start. And so those employers that are creating veteran affinity groups, those employers that are creating opportunities for veterans to contribute not just on the job but some sort of service in the community because it seems like vets mm-hmm. tend to do this. Those employers are keeping their veterans and uh, and those vets are doing better. So uh, yeah, vets do bring a lot to the table. Uh, they bring more to the table than than just uh, this, this work ethic. They're really smart. We have 30 yeah. seconds before yeah. we need to take a break. Very quickly tell me why do you think so many of the student leaders are women? Veterans groups. So something about what women are doing on college campuses anyway today, right? I, I think there's a movement afoot in our society with women in general right now, mm-hmm. and uh, women veterans are no different in that movement. So they've been doing well all along, but there, there's something going on in our society. Women are taking charge, and women veterans are no different right now. 
lot going on right now at this precise moment that uh, this is happening. I have to take that break. We'll do that now and come back and continue the conversation, which is centering on student veterans. Student Veterans Week is coming up in the St. Louis area very, very shortly. We'll talk about that. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio 90.7 KWMU. Now back to our conversation with Jim Craig, who's the chair of the Department of Military and Veteran Studies at the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Angie Peacock is an Army vet and Washington University graduate student. Emily Staden is Army vet and president of the Student Veterans Association at UMSL. Jim, let me come back to you because as we were off the air, uh, you received some numbers indicating how well these uh, female students do at our colleges and universities. It's pretty impressive. Yeah, so... uh so the SVA, the Student Veterans Association National, sent out some numbers, and, and it matches what we're seeing in St. Louis. It's 25% of uh, student veterans are, are women, and 23% of all certificate and degree holders in the veteran community are women, which is matches essentially those numbers uh, pretty darn close. Th- there are uh, 450,000 women, co- women veterans mm-hmm. in college. Uh, right now. It's a fantastic number, uh, and it's only going to grow. Right. I, I want to talk about, again, some of the issues that uh, that you face, ladies, as, as you come back and out of the service. And uh, Angie, I'll start with you, because one of the things that I've been reading is concerns the VA, the Veterans Administration, and the fact that uh, the, the wheel is not balanced when it comes to female vets, correct? There, There is, they have shifted toward like a women's uh, only clinic, to kind of get us off campus to a more comfortable environment. Um, there are females that have experienced military sexual trauma. So uh, entering like that all-male building where it cannot be, it's not always mm-hmm. pleasant. Um, getting that off campus actually kind of helps them seek care and makes the access a little better. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there is women veteran coordinators that if you need a female-specific issue, you can call them. And the best news for me personally, from my own experience, is that the VA has shifted to a whole health where it's patient-centered. And it's kind of just starting in St. Louis as a pilot program for that. But that it's like, what do you want as a patient? Like, what are your goals? How do you look at healing? Like, what kind of things do you need in your recovery to mm-hmm. get better from what happened to you or just to, you know, even pain issues. I've heard that in many of the facilities, they don't even have gynecological services. Yes, that's true. Um, I've heard I've heard horror stories, you know, just like females with breast cancer that needed like a mammogram, but the facility didn't have that. And I mean, let, there is many, there is many um, horror stories. That is true. But I do think they are trying and it, it is a bureaucracy and it's slow and it's slow moving. And unfortunately, can't keep up with the number of females in service. But um, hopefully we can all advocate for ourselves as much as possible to get the services that we need. Are there other examples, Emily, of these kinds of inequities? Um, Well, I'm I'm not actually registered at the VA. I mean Um, mean in other areas as well. um, As far as? Any benefits, any services that uh, would apply to women veterans that is different or not equal uh, with uh, their male counterparts? 
Uh, off the top of my head, I can't think of any right now, but, um, yeah, I can't think of any currently, but I, I wish that they would fix some of these issues at the VA, like, such as the slogan, but, mm-hmm. um, and I'm sure we're going to talk about that later, but, uh, yeah, we, we can talk about that now because we don't have all the time in the world. Here is the uh, VA motto. I can read it for you. It reads, to care for him who shall have borne the battle and his widow and his orphan. That is the uh, the VA motto. That needs to be changed to what? Do we have any idea? Jim, do you know uh, what they're thinking about? Well, so uh, I don't know that they're thinking about it at all. I know <laughs> that uh, there has been some advocacy in Washington, D.C. through uh, several different veterans organizations to think about it, to change it. There is some slow moving. These Those are Abraham Lincoln's words. Uh, but I'm sure Abraham Lincoln wasn't considering what the world looked like today would look like uh, would look like today when he said those words. And had there been women on the battlefield, there were women on that battlefield, by the way. But had there been women uh, in great numbers on that battlefield, and the numbers we're seeing today, I think his words would be different. And, and we could gender neutralize that. And, and that I mean, without, I, I think it is a slogan, and it's a slogan. Like I'd rather see action than a slogan change. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so that just females feel more comfortable at the VA, yeah. have more access, more services that are tailored to our needs. Um, and that is the center of patient-centered care. Is like, what do females need? Ask us. We're here to tell you. It, is, go ahead, Emily. Well, and and recently at WashU, um, it was during uh, it was Veterans Day, wasn't it? Uh, the the VA director was there, and he actually seemed like a really nice person, and actually seemed like a very actionable person. Um, and he seemed like somebody that if if someone were to speak up and say, you know, the the St. Louis John Cochran Hospital is there's there's issues <clears throat> and they need to be taken care of, he would do stuff. He would he would act change and act change. Is there any kind of a, a, a lobbying organization of female vets that could uh, that could go to Washington or go to Jefferson City and and really start making some noise? The um, Service Women's Action Networks, WAN, they recently held a I think it was a four day seminar where they pulled around seven hundred female veterans. Ask them like what their mental health needs were, and they are lobbying. And then there's other organizations like Wounded Warrior Project that has a legislative and advocacy mm-hmm. center, um, Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America. We do have several. I think the the key is that female veterans are in college, and we're concentrating on that. And some mm-hmm. have families, and I think we all just from one female veteran to another, we all can take the time, even if it's to fill out a survey or to write a letter to a legislator or, to, you know, to even uh, talk to the patient advocate to just tell them, you know, make an appointment with the director mm-hmm. and say, I really like this service for female veterans. We we all have that power. It's just using it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit as time begins to wind down about what's going to be happening starting on the 17th. And Emily, I'll start with you. Student Veterans Week. What What, what is that all about and how did it come about? Um, well, it began, um, I mean, at least to my knowledge, at the beginning of the year um, in the fall semester, we got together as a group um, with Bill Wallace, the head of the uh, Missouri Veterans Endeavor. Yes. Um, and we decided that we wanted to do a Student Veterans Week, which I think they've had this before I've second been around. Okay. So second year. Second annual Student Veterans Week. Um, and UMSL's portion of it is taking place on Friday, March the 23rd, and we are doing a uh, film screening. And we are featuring the film Surviving Home with Bobby Henline. Um, he'll be showing 
uh, he'll be there, and he's actually in the film with four other veterans. It's four other veterans or five? But it's a group of events. So there's five events. There's five universities over. Uh, it's really over a week. It's not. There's a there's a skip day in there, uh, and it's just trying to capitalize on what each university can do best to support. And then a student veterans organization, when they're very busy, can do one thing and one thing well, and then share. And that's really, I think, uh, matches the way the veterans are starting to deal with each other on the other campuses. And, so it's uh, vet-working. Yeah. Vet-working, oh, very good, <laughs> very good. What, what are the kinds of events, Jim, are, uh, are uh, taking place during that week? Let, let me let Angie cover it because sure. she's the one who really put it together. Oh, okay. Oh, so, sorry, Angie. No problem. <laughs> so on Saturday, SLU is going to host a community service event at the Salvation Army Veterans Residence, and we're going to break into groups and help the homeless veterans with uh, resumes, LinkedIn, um, how to get back into school, like whatever they need. On Sunday, we're going to have a veterans writing workshop at the Missouri History Museum. That's hosted by Lindenwood. And uh, uh, non-student veterans and family members are also welcome. Then on Tuesday, uh, there is a LinkedIn training and vet working at WashU, and that's uh, sponsored by Boeing. On Wednesday, there's a veterans mental health panel at Webster. And on Friday, like she said, is the UMSL film screening. So we, we feel like we got a little bit of everything for everyone um, from writing to community service to, to jobs. A little bit. Basically, are these events just for veterans or geared? Pri- you mentioned families can be there, but uh, veterans' families, I it's, assume. It's, it, honestly, <clears throat> it's open to the entire community. We want to um, have the community. We don't want to be a silo that we're only student veterans. We want to interact yeah. with the community, want to build relationships. You know, some of us are back home and we're trying to find our place again, and that's really the primary purpose of this is to help student veterans, but then also build those relationships that will help us succeed in the future. Yeah. Is there a national component to this, Jim, at all? I mean, is this happening in other places there isn't. as well? No. Um, this is St. Louis specific, and I don't know of another city uh, where there's you know this preponderance of higher education institutions that are networking like this. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've brought it up to SVA National and tried to show it to them and say, we think this is the model. We think this is how student veteran organizations in cities where there are several institutions work well together. And we're hoping they pick it up and maybe they'll help sponsor it and give us a little bit of funding. That would be great. Uh, but I did actually discuss this with the MU system at Jeff City a couple of weeks <clears> ago <throat> or last week. Uh, but And they liked it. They were actually pretty impressed with the fact that we were doing this. So, This is obviously a collaborative effort. How difficult was it to get all five together? Angie, <laughs> you made well, a face. Well, I definitely use my Army skills of leadership, project management. Um, it's kind of like herding cats, like to get everybody in the same room on the same day because we all have classes, families, jobs, practicum, you name it. But they, I mean, it's, it's awesome just to watch the professional development of fellow student veterans, like to stand up and lead something at their university when they might ha- not have done that prior. Well, if you've got the right people involved in putting all this together, I'm sure it's going to be a great success. I want to thank you all so much for being with us and telling us about what you're doing and what's going to be happening starting on the 17th. Jim Craig, thank you thank for you. being with us. Angie Peacock and Emily Staden, thank, thank you, you for being with us. Good luck to you all. And this is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.